WPC Smash, where wrestling and pop culture smash together. We are your hosts. I am Mike Marin. And I am Ian Wilson. We love wrestling. And you love wrestling. So let's smash the start button on today's podcast. All right, all right. Welcome to WPC Smash. I am Ian Wilson. And I am Mike Moran. What up, what up, what up? Not much, brother. We had a uh, fantastic holiday week, and it's only going to keep going into the new year. Yeah perfect time to uh put out a podcast for people on their travels and whatnot yeah or just hanging out on the new year waiting for the ball to drop you got some time to kill having some friends over crushing some brews with your wpc smash koozies absolutely man. for sure man let's kick it off the way we always do brother what's going down on your side of town let's do it All right, man. So, yeah, you know, there's a few things going down on my side of town. You know, I had a great Christmas, as you alluded to um, in the intro there. Um, I hope you had a good Christmas, too. But um, I had some time to kill and uh, relax a little bit after a, a couple long work weeks. And I kicked on the WWE Network. And I don't know if you know, but they got some new shows on there that are popping up kind of under the radar. So one's called The Botch Club. And I- it I heard about it, but I uh, didn't watch it myself. What'd you think? Oh, dude, I loved it. I mean, I have spent countless hours just watching botch mania on YouTube. You know, and, and for those who don't know, a botch is when a wrestler messes up. Whether it's on the mic, whether they trip when they're doing their entrance, or they just brutally, like, mess up a move, fall off the top rope. So, the WWE Network has the botch club, and it's hosted by Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. The good brothers. Hell Yeah. So it's almost like a clip show, almost like WWE's funniest moments, if you will. Yeah. So they, they, you know, sit there and provide commentary. And sometimes it's like a clip show of just like all high flyers who happen to miss the mark off the top rope or just trip or example, um, Mike Awesome on the top rope. The top rope breaks when he goes to do his big splash and he just bam right on his face. Do they do the Titus O'Neil infinite, uh, infinite? Famous and whatever. Yes, infamous. infamous. Yeah, thank you, sir. Yeah. The slide under the ring. <laughs> they do. And there's only one episode, and it's funny you said that because that's like Super Botch 1000. They actually interview Titus O'Neil about the whole situation, and I don't want to spoil too much, but they, they make it fun, a la like the Edge and Christian show, where they may have done a little skit with some extra characters in there. Cool, To cool. recreate the situation. So, uh... 
definitely check that out. And if you just like the Good Brothers in general, uh, they're they're all themselves. They're they're dropping f bombs and s bombs, and it's getting censored and stuff. But like they're just letting loose like the Good Bros. Awesome for sure. And uh, so that's definitely an awesome show. And then another one I saw, and I loved it. Xavier Arcade Challenge. Xavier Woods goes out to different barcades and challenges people to random games. Awesome. Yeah. So, really? Yeah. Oh, so, the, like, think of, like, um, Man vs. Food almost. Like, he goes to the place. He talks to the owner. He gets a tour. He tells you all about it. Um, th- they were at the barcade, and they showed all the several ones they have. New York City, I believe New Jersey. There's one in Connecticut. So, he's there, and he's like... He asked the owner, what do you recommend for the food? And he got, like, their best burger and stuff. And he tells you all about the food. But then he just starts playing arcade games. So he walks around playing arcade games. And then the main event of his show, he picks one game, like, legit. And they focus on the whole pretty much game. And it was NBA Jam on this first episode. Yeah. And they had some guy who, like, knew about what was going on. He, you know, he put his quarter on. And Xavier Woods says, I don't lose at NBA Jam. And they follow the whole, like, match pretty much, you know. Nice. Not, not like, all whatever 20 minutes, but they follow it. They commentate on it. And Sweet. it's it's awesome. If Definitely if you like arcades. And I believe you do. Oh, yeah. So I'm telling you. We're big fans of the barcades here at WPC Smash. So that sounds like the perfect show for yeah, me and you in with particular. With a wrestling fan. But and... all you Smashes out there, you know, who are obviously into the same, you know, content we are with games and and wrestling all smashed up into one it sounds like the perfect show on the wwe network absolutely and also on wwe network is uh edging christian's show that totally reeks of awesomeness season two yeah and i thought season one was great i love edging christian but season two is like even better uh to me off the top of my head i love all the other wrestler cameos like the samoa joe segment yep with the Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. Like that. Every, from start to finish, that was hilarious. Like, I'll paint the picture. He rolls up to another Girl Scout with his entrance music blaring, gets out in the Girl Scout attire, and he's like, we only sell Samoas around here. <laughs> like, but again, check out WWE Network. I think they got a lot of cool, funny, entertaining shows that aren't necessarily wrestling, but they're with the wrestling personalities. Sweet. So that's definitely cool. Uh, another thing, uh, a little WPC Smash Christmas gift around here. Uh, I reached out to HasbroManiacs.com. Now, Hasbro Maniacs, they have a lot of things if you want to customize uh, your wrestling collection and like your old wrestling rings for Hasbro's. Yep. They have sticker sets. You can make it WrestleMania 10's uh, like look. Yep. Uh, Royal Rumble classic look, Survivor Series, whatever you want. You can customize it. So it had me very interested. And they have a lot of posters. And they have a Hasbro Maniac Guide of all the different Hasbro. And for those who don't know, Hasbro's were right after LJN, like right in the 90s. Right when, you know, I'd be five years old wanting to play (laughs) with some action figures. Those were the first action figures that came out. Absolutely, man. And anybody who's like in our, you know... 30 to 40 years old age bracket. You know what Hasbro WWF figures are. You played with Hogan. You played with Jake the Snake, The Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man Randy Savage. The list goes on and on. And uh, 
you know, everybody had them, and it, they are the wrestling toy, especially for a toy collector. You know, a lot of people like the LJNs who are maybe a little bit older than us, but they weren't as, like, playable and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm a huge Hasbro collector. Um, not huge collector, but huge fan, and I do collect some of them. And you appreciate it. Yes. That, that's yeah. definitely the word. And I do right? have some, you know. Um, so I, I think it's really cool to uh, have a site out there like Hasbro Maniacs. Yeah, absolutely. So what I did was uh, Hasbro Maniacs, they offer custom card printing. You can get a single card um, for yourself, but here at WPC Smash, I mean, I had to get one with my bro here. So we have an official... WPC Smash action figure card with our likenesses on it. So WPC Smash, if we were to be action figures, we're good to go. Yeah, man. It, basically, like, you know what that means is when you go into the store and you pick up an action figure off the rack, we have an action figure like that, like that comes off the rack with the with the plastic bubble on the yep. front and the card back with our faces and WPC Smash and we're posing and all that, uh, you know, retro WWF on-card action figure, you know, likeness. It looks spot on, you know, not Absolutely. exactly the same, but as close as you would want with your own figures. And, uh, you know, so we don't have custom Ian and Mike figures, but Yet. we do we do have our favorites in there. And uh, I have uh, Macho Man wearing a beautiful tag team title belt, and you have the Ultimate Warrior. Now I'm not going to go out there and say the Ultimate Warrior is my favorite because I really can't decide from that era. To be completely honest with you, it'd probably be a Shawn Michaels, but. This Ultimate Warrior that's in there was the first ever action figure I ever had, period. Yep. So, so they, they have sentimental value. Sentimental value, dude. And I got to tell you that it really ties the room together when we record to have our own action figure, you know, likenesses on a on-card package in the area. And um, I know we're going to take some pictures and get them on the internet so you guys can see it. We want to shout out Hasbro Maniacs. Um, you can find him. Yeah, you can find him on Twitter. You can find him on Instagram. You can find him on Facebook. Just literally, you can Google it. Hasbro Maniacs. And let me tell you, it was a real awesome experience because I started off by just sending him a message about inquiring how, how the whole situation works. And he told, told me exactly how he needed the pictures to look and what size. And he would take care of the rest. He was very communicative with me. It was a very awesome experience. He made me feel like he was just one of my friends and like, hey, I want to make this awesome for you and for WPC Smash. And I got to tell you, I am definitely, definitely glad I made this purchase. I'll probably make some more in the future. So once again, Hasbro Maniacs, check them out for sure. High quality items. I mean, this isn't crap that's coming in. You are going to get a superior product. And uh, one last time, Hasbro Maniacs, just like it sounds. Find him on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and definitely give him a look if you are looking for any custom Hasbro products because Hasbro Maniacs is the man for the job. Absolutely. And with that, man, I'm pretty much wrapped up, so I'm going to hit you with that hot tag. All right, so I got a few things that uh, went on these last, like, you know, week or two. Obviously, Christmas with the family, had a good time, you know, got to play Santa and do all that cool stuff. Um, we had our fantasy football, you know, championships. And I got to tell you, 
you are looking or listening to <laughs> your earbuds are hearing the newest you know super bowl champion of fantasy football for the patriots place football league and We've been playing together for a long time. We got a lot of good brothers in in our league that uh, you know we've stuck together for a while. And you know, I I just got to say that it feels good to be on top once again. You think? I I don't mean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cutting you off, but you're the champ, man. You need a championship introduction. I mean, I know you tried, but here we go. I'm gonna. Get my inner Michael Buffer. And right, I didn't want to be too. You know, no, you deserve it. Right. You deserve it. Three so, out of the last. So here four we go. <laughs> if you watch Monday Nitro or Starcade or anything, you know Ted Turner was paying Michael Buffer some money. So here we go. Michael Moran's gonna do it for y'all. All right. So here we go. Coming down the aisle in his black New York Yankees kiss T-shirt with his hat on backwards. <laughs> Coming out of Massachusetts. The Fantasy Football League champion for 2018, the Commissioner's Crew, Ian Wilson. That's where you got to do it, bro. All right, all right, all right. I, it's cool when you do it, but I think it'd be a little over the top if I did it for myself. But I am feeling exactly that. I'm coming out with my hands raised high. I'm showing everybody the title. I'm claiming that I'm a dynasty because I've won three out of the last four years. Yeah. I'm basically, you know, unstoppable, as you might say. And <laughs> I'm happy to carry that belt around, which means so much to our close, you know, group yeah, of friends. It's sweet. It's it's a piece that everybody wants in their house. And I got to tell you, I'm happy to keep it in my house for the next year. So that was a big deal for me. You know, 16 weeks of fantasy football yep. finally culminated in a championship win. And, uh, you know, I'm more than happy to carry that title around for the next year and put it on the <laughs> line as soon as next season starts. Um, next thing I got is uh, video game related. Street Fighter Five added in-game ads to, uh, to their game. And, man, I got to tell you, I don't know how I feel about this. What's up with that? It's Basically, you know, like when you watch YouTube and you don't pay for, you know, YouTube Red, you get the ads in between and it's cool, whatever. Like they got to make that money and that's how they do it. But Street Fighter Five doing that, a video game that you paid for, adding in ads. And I don't know too much about them because I don't play Street Fighter, mm-hmm. but I read the controversy and uh, I got to tell you that I, I think that that is uh, a little weird. What, do, you, do you think ads in games is something that's coming in the future? I hope not. Yeah. You know? Especially when you're paying. Buy. Yeah. If it was a free game, you yeah. have a problem with it? Uh, if it's a free game, no. Okay. If it's a free game, no. And if it's something like, I don't, I don't even know, like I could maybe see it on the Xbox Game Pass, but you're again paying that subscription. Yeah. But I, just, I, I just thought it was super weird, and I don't know if it's something that they're trying out. And uh, But from what I read, it's here to stay. Street Fighter V is a big game. That's one of the top tournament fighting games out there if not the top tournament fighting game sure so having something like that in the game is uh you know not a direction that i really want to see gaming go but we'll see what happens from here just want you know it's a bit of news and yeah. wanted to throw it out there if it's in the like loading screen maybe it probably just wouldn't bother me because like who really is like staring at the loading screen like sure. oh i can't wait you know like i know when we're playing call of duty we're just bullshitting like yep. <laughs> you know if why it the cuts loading off screens... as soon as the load's done you know it doesn't make you watch the whole thing and then go into the game yeah if it was like okay we got you in the game boom like we'll cut the commercial right here like right. i don't i don't care about that if you if you're going to make a few extra bucks by doing it like that i don't have any problem with it but if you 
if you're gonna make me watch the whole video, yeah. like, I hope the games are gonna be cheaper. If that's the case, I if you're making all this money somewhere else, I just don't like change, man. <laughs> I hear you, brother. <laughs> um, and uh, PlayStation Classic, Sony dropped the price on them pretty quickly. <laughs> Bastards. Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of a bummer for people who you know purchased it and you know already and stuff like that. But it is what it is. Yep. Price drops on pretty much everything in this world, and it usually happens after the first rush. Yep. sales go down it's not a surprise but it did happen so you know mike moran endorsed the playstation classic it's a cool machine if you're looking to play some old playstation yeah. games and you don't want to go buy a playstation one and buy a bunch of discs so you can play these 30 games that are on it um by all means go out and get a playstation classic and it's going to be a little cheaper now so that's pretty cool for yeah. everybody who didn't get one yet absolutely because if like ian said if you were to go buy a playstation and all those games that are included you're spending way more than 100 bucks so, oh my you god know, i yeah. use mine today like straight up it is yeah. a it's a fun machine yeah man so if you didn't for get sure. one yet you can save a few bucks and go get one tomorrow and yeah. I, I think that's pretty cool to uh spread the retro gaming community and uh get more people playing some old games because we dig it, and we know that you guys out there listening to us will we'll dig it, too. All right, what a welcome to my man town. Now, hey. This week I'm playing a game that I just got for Christmas from my sister. It's a highly anticipated game. You can go back in the archives. We actually talked about it when it was announced. And I was glad to get it for Christmas and get to play it. I'm playing some Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Smash is the biggest game right now, in my opinion. That's the yeah. game everybody wants. It's the game everybody wants to play. And if Street Fighter V, like we talked about earlier, is the biggest fighting game, Smash is probably number two. Oh, very close, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I got a little bit of time into this game. Um, I was obviously just checking it out. I, I went right to classic mode because so right off the bat, they only start you off with eight fighters. But the way they advertise it is like there's 70 plus fighters in this game. So I'm like, hmm, how am I going to unlock them? So I went to classic mode where you pretty much have six battles. You have a bonus round and then the boss battle. And then after the boss battle, a new enemy approaches. If you can defeat them, you get to play as them in the game. Okay. So I started off as I always do. He's kind of just my character no matter what. It's Mario. Yeah. Like, he's my boy in that game. But what's cool about this game, like, I never even thought about it as much because, you know, I've, I have and I play all the other Smash Brothers. The controls are really easy. Like, your B button is your special attacks. Like, Mario, you know, shoots a fireball. And then it's up and B. Down and B, left and right and B, and then A is all your different punches. Like, that's it, man. And you jump. Yep. So, like, each character is basically the same as far as the controls, but they all have super cool, awesome moves. Mm -hmm. So, I was dabbling around all the other uh, play modes. There was one called, um, it's like, one versus a hundred. You fight a hundred characters. They're kind of weak. So... They're easy as weak. You know, you can punch them right off the screen in one hit if you hit them the right way. And you see how quick you can defeat 100 players. So it's super, super fun. Yep. And I was I was playing as my uh, my me character, my, my me you, uh, we you, whatever you want to call it. So it's uh, Sir Mayhem is what I named him because he looks like a knight yep. with like a sweet cloak on. Cool. Because you can customize him in this one and you can like, do you want a gun? My guy has a sword, Sir Mayhem. He just, that's what he does. Um, but then I learned that no matter what playlist, what game mode you play, 
a new enemy always approaches. So, like, that's how you're going to get those 70 characters. So, it's super fun. And then I even found, I don't officially know what to call it. I apologize. I just jumped right in. I was all about it. It's like an adventure mode. So, the board looks like a like a board game. And you walk through it and you got to fight some enemies. And then that's how you unlock even more people. And then, But you build a squad. You build a team. So, it started you off as Kirby. And I'm like, all right, Kirby. That's cool. It's fun. You know? And then I unlock Mario and and you just keep going. And it's weird because you have to play it like an RPG. You have buffers. They call them spirits in this game. So like for Mario, I use Mauser because when you link them to the same game, like I could use um, like the crocodiles from Donkey Kong, if you're familiar with them, like they're a spirit oh, yeah. you can add, but they do different things. They're like different buffers. They bring your defense up, bring your defense down. Okay. You can feed your spirits to make them stronger. So with me playing primarily, as soon as I unlock Mario, I'm like, oh, it's over, you know? Um, so it's like an RPG. I didn't like play too much of it, but I, I definitely like where it's going. And I love, 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 love the, the new arenas. So, we know I'm a big fan of Breath of the Wild. And yep. if you played Breath of the Wild, you know, like, fairly in the beginning, there's just one big tower that you got to go up. That's one of the levels. And it's ah. super cool. Like, you're fighting on top of it. And it's starting to crumble down. And then you see characters from Breath of the Wild with those, like, paragliders. Yep. And they come in and, and, like, they throw you items and stuff. And oh, that's so I cool. obviously played as Link. And, and I was just doing, like, some exhibition-type matches. And I like looking at all the different costumes and stuff. And you have the most recent Breath of the Wild Link costume, but then you have the sweet Dark Link. All I can say is, like, I don't even know where to go from here. So if I'm playing alone right now, I'm playing that little adventure spirit mode. But if the more the merrier anyone wants to play, I'm down. Super Smash Brothers is where it's at, and that's what's up in Mike's Mantown this week. All right, Smashers, now it's time for some tabletop tips. All right, guys, I got a uh, tabletop tip for you this week, and, uh, you know, something that we're going to talk about is rolling dice. So many games out there, you roll dice. Um... Pathfinder, Dungeons and Dragons, Dice Masters, Yahtzee, <laughs> you know, there's so many games where you need Craps. to roll dice. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that always, you know, bugged me about dice games was rolling on a table, making a lot of loud noise, having them roll off the table onto the floor. So I'm going to talk to you guys about different ways to roll your dice. And I, what we're going to talk about are dice towers, which is basically... A tower that has slanted pieces of woods on the wood on the inside. You drop the dice in the top. They flip down the tower and pop out the end where there's a little tray, and you rolled your dice. Whatever it lands on, that's what you get for whatever game that you're doing. They're cool looking. They do all the rolling for you. You don't have to shake your hands and and throw them down and worry about the dice going all over the place. So one way to roll dice in any you know, RPG or dice throwing type of game is uh, getting yourself a dice tower. Something that you could make. There's all kinds of, uh, 
you know, videos that'll show you how to make them. There's something you can buy. But Dice Tower, one way to go. Not my personal favorite because it's big and bulky and takes up a lot of space. But you can, a lot of people like them. So check out Dice Towers. Now, my favorite way to roll dice and not have them bounce all over the table and make a lot of noise and chip up my table and fall on the ground is using a simple dice tray. Dice trays are what we use at our Pathfinder game. And it's basically, you know, a tray with some short walls on it, you know, made out of felt or something like that. And you roll into the tray. So you doing your normal roll but you don't have to worry about the dice rolling all over the place you don't have to worry about the loud noise or chipping your table or messing anything up because you know i use metal dice a lot and i like them i like the way they feel i like the heaviness so rolling onto my kitchen table is not an option it's not something that i can do i'll have chips all over it and you know not something that i want to replace on a frequent basis so i personally love dice trays you can make them in different sizes you can make a small little six by six dice tray up to you know a 12 inch dice tray that you throw in the middle of the table that everybody uses pipster 2k1 made some personal dice trays for each of us at our pathfinder game that we all use custom super cool federation yes <laughs> the pathfinder the Pathfinder League, the Federation, the crew of, uh, you know, fantasy characters. And uh, they're super cool. I love them. I use them at home. I use them when we go out and play Pathfinder. I wouldn't roll dice without a dice tray. And I think you should definitely check it out if you run into the same problems as me where you can't roll dice on your table and you're sick of them falling on the ground, flipping all over the place, that kind of thing. And the last option is using a dice cup. Most notably, Yahtzee came with a dice cup. You shake the dice in the cup, you roll them out, and boom, they kind of stroll out of the cup and stay in one little small area. A lot of people in uh, Hero Clicks or you know various other games where you're going to roll dice use a dice cup. Some people flip it straight over onto the table and lift the, the cup straight up, and whatever's there is what you roll. Some people let them slide out of the cup. Some people let them slide out of the cup into a dice tray. It's just another way for you to roll your dice and not have, um, you know, some of those annoying problems with dice that we've all run into playing whatever game. So, you know, big tip of the week, different ways to roll your dice. So many games out there involve dice, and there's lots of options for everybody. And it was just always a big problem for me that I solved personally with a dice tray and that there's other options that you guys out there are going to try. Smashers, find a new way to roll your dice. Keep from, you know, having to pick them up off the ground, damaging your table, and keep rolling and having fun. Hero click tip of the week. We got another classic from Jedi Legend. It is at uh, MarkLegend007 on Twitter. And his hero click tip of the week is uh, a nice simple one. Sidestep is free, meaning you can move on every turn. If you have two tokens, it doesn't matter. Take two steps for free. So if you have a power that you're looking for on your character and you're not really sure what to get, always look for Sidestep. It's a free, easy power that's going to enhance any hero clicks character so you know you can move all the time just like uh jedi legend says so if uh you're not really sure what kind of powers you should be looking for we've talked about in the past what my favorite powers are but a standard tip of the week is if you're really you know not looking for something specific 
look for some sidestep on your hero click dials and uh, keep rolling, baby. Let's go, bub. All right, Smashers, it's time for Off the Top. If you don't know, this is a segment where we go back and forth with a question. This week it happens to be, you know, me, Ian's choice of a question, and Mike has to give me an answer off the top. We're looking for you guys to communicate with us. You can find us on Twitter. You can find Mike on Instagram. And give us your answers for the off the top question. And remember, don't sit and think about it. Give us the first thing that came to your head. Give it to us off the top. So, Mike Moran, are you ready? Yeah. All right, man. Off the top, what are your favorite WWF wrestler vignettes? What are your favorite? Se- what is your favorite series of vignettes that you saw before a wrestler debuted? Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon. Yep. Right off the top, man. Yep. Perfect. It's a mad- while you were saying it, like legit off the top, and I was in my head, I'm like, well, I can't not say it now because yep. I started thinking about all the other vignettes. But Razor Ramon, what'd you like about those specifically? What you, I mean, obviously, if it's Razor, you're young, you know, eight, nine year old Mike Moran getting yep. ready to uh, watch some Saturday main event or whatever. And what made you want to see Razor Ramon finally debut? Because he he just seemed cool. Like yeah. he had a, the the top, the top down car, and then the one where he's sitting like at the little cafe outside, and he's like talking to the waitress, and he's like, "Yo, you know, come over here, chica," you yeah. know, like, yeah. and he's just like, "Reso Ramon is coming to the WWF," you know, yeah. he's just like sitting there, totally Scarface, and I didn't even know what Scarface was at the time. Sure, but yeah, he's just looking cool. And I was just like, wow, all right. And those are some vignettes that you'll remember exactly. forever. Exactly, yep. yep. I got to tell you, for you, me, man? off the top, Mr. Perfect. Oh, I'll, man, I'll, that's such a good one. I'll never forget Mr. Perfect's vignettes. I was so excited for Mr. Perfect to debut because he was perfect. Yeah. What else would you want to see in the WWF? Um, he was draining three-pointers <laughs> without looking and that kind of stuff and hitting home runs and basically going through each sports segment, you know, type yeah. thing and just being perfect. Yeah. And I remember the football one, like he threw a touchdown pass to himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I got to tell you, vignettes, they really were um, some of my favorite things to see in wrestling you know, back in the day, because it really brought you into the character and made you invested in the character. I think that's something that maybe WWE has lost a little bit. And I know we got some vignettes recently for some newer superstars yeah. coming up. Lars. Yep. Most notably, but EC3. But we'd, we'd seen him before. At this point in wrestling, back in the mid-80s, we'd never seen these guys before. Right. So it was... Everything you knew about them, you were learning from these vignettes. And I got to tell you, when I watched Mr. Perfect's vignettes, I could not wait for him to debut in the WWF. For So for me, off the top, what are my favorite vignettes of all time? Mr. Perfect. And now, word on the street. Word on the street. Going on here. I said, What's going on? The 
right, all right. Let's get to word on the street. Dude, I got to tell you, a lot of things been going on in wrestling, a lot of things that I like. I think it's been a big couple weeks for wrestling. How are you feeling about it? I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, I'm kind of still waiting, though, Yeah. <laughs> if, if you know what I mean. Sure, there's been big announcements, and I guess we'll get to that right off the bat. Basically, we uh, talked about in the last pod how uh, they basically, uh, by they, I mean the McMahons, it was uh, Stephanie at the time, mm-hmm. and Seth Rollins more, mostly, you know, came out and... Uh, Bashed on Baron Corbin, saying that, you know, Raw's been sucking and he's the reason. Yep. And the ratings are so low because of Baron Corbin and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. And we talked about how we felt like, you know, Seth Rollins was talking to Vince McMahon directly. Yep. And two weeks after that happened, Vince McMahon came out live on Raw right off the bat, right on the start of the show. And kind of reiterated all those things in a little bit nicer terms, but kind of just came out and said that they were going to make some changes. Brought out Stephanie, brought out Triple H, brought out Shane McMahon, and kind of announced that there was going to be a lot of changes in in the show, how that they haven't been doing a good job and that they were going to be better, and that those four people, the McMahons, were going to be in charge of the shows from now on. There weren't going to be any more GMs, at least for now. Right. So no more Baron Corbin, no more Paige on SmackDown, and the McMahons are going to take control of the show and be in charge, and that you know things were going to change, that they were going to make the show better for us, that they hear the yeah, inter- the internet rabble, 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 and that they you know want to make the show better for everybody. So I right off the bat, I think that's a great announcement. They went into a little more detail, but before we get into that. You feel good about that announcement? I do. I, I like that they took they owned it. They took responsibility yeah. and said, you know, yeah, we agree. The show hasn't been great. We have not been giving you guys a good product, and that's about to change right now. Absolutely. And everyone knows that, like, those four people, or mainly three people, Vince, Triple H, and Stephanie, are, like, they're running the show for reals. Sure. So, like, yeah, they're owning it. One of the things I thought was interesting that they're announcing, like, if you lose a, a title match, you're not entitled to a rematch anymore. I think that's a cool little like, change. Time to move on, get to the back of the line. Yep. You know, that's a cool one. And they, they're announcing that, you know, more superstars are going to get more opportunities. So they announced that with that, new superstars getting new opportunities, yep. that they're bringing up a, you know, a big flood of people from NXT. They uh, basically named off six uh, people that they were going to bring up. Yep. Heavy Machinery. Being the tag team of the group, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was cool. I'm into heavy machinery. Yeah. I think they got a cool, different gimmick. The Mastiff. Very uh, 80s-ish, you yep. know, where they're, uh, they don't necessarily say they're like construction workers, but they kind of like give that vibe. Yeah. And uh, they have, they're a gimmick. Yeah. It's like natural disasters. That's what I think of like when I see these two guys. But then there's there's more. You know, you got Lacey Evans in there. Uh, I talked about in a recent pod that yep. she was one of my favorite uh, females down in NXT, and I really liked her gimmick. And again, she is a gimmick. She's the 50s, you know, housewife yep. mom that can kick ass type girl. And uh, she's got that 50s look. Like and, yes, we can. Yep. Yep. And the women's right is her finisher. I thought that's cool. Oh, that's cool. cool. That's yeah, what they sure. call it. She's like yep. big right hand, and she calls it the women's right. So I think that that's pretty cool. EC3, I've been a big oh. fan of EC3 for a long time. Yeah, and what I thought was awesome of that, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Dixie Carter tweeted about it on, yep. on Twitter, keeping it kayfabe, baby. And she was like, oh, I'm so proud of my nephew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, That yeah. was sick. Yeah, I, I think it was super cool. 
EC3 deserves to be on the main roster with the other guys oh, yeah. who came from TNA. And honestly, he was the biggest draw in TNA for a, a hot minute for sure. So to see him on WWE with the WWE money, we know he's got the mic skills. We know he has the in-ring skills. So let's get him on Excited, the main show man. and see him, dude. Um, uh, her name's eluding me, but the girl from Sanity. Oh, Nikki Cross. Yeah, Nikki Cross Absolutely. coming up. Yep. That's pretty cool. Um, we don't know if she's going to be with Sanity. Yeah. Um, or if she's going to be doing her own thing in the women's division, but she's still doing, you know, obviously the Nikki Cross, I'm crazy, yep. you know, out of control type gimmick. I dig it. Really into it does, her. It does something to me when we're watching it. <laughs> <laughs> My pants get tight. Um, so I, I think that's really cool. And the last one was somebody who we'd heard about a few weeks before. Yep. He'd had a few vignettes like we talked about, and that was uh, Lars Sullivan. Yeah. The Freak. They're calling him. Yeah, he got like a juggernaut feel to me. I don't know. He is super badass, and I really I dig what he does. I like the way he wrestles. He's not like any of the other big men mm-hmm. in WWE right now. So at this point, we're kind of waiting to see where they fall. Are they going to be on Raw? Are they going to be on SmackDown? Right, right. Are they going to get rid of the Raw and SmackDown thing and just have everybody you know, jumping show to show? If that's the case, I hope that we're not getting the same guys on both shows. Right. You know, We don't need Seth Rollins' main event in both shows and doing a you know opening segment you know mm-hmm. for both shows so i kind of hope that they keep things separate because we get to see more people absolutely and i thought that the last you know with that announcement and then the following raw that we saw some people who we wouldn't normally see um ali's getting a big push yeah big fan of him we've talked about his matches in absolutely the past. and they officially announced like he's a smackdown Superstar now. Yep, no like longer in two hundred five right, live. Right. I thought that was really cool. Um, Getting Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I was gonna say that they gave him the stick, let yep. him go at it with Daniel Bryan. Had a good match with Daniel Bryan. Like, One beat Daniel Bryan. Yeah, you know uh, that's huge. So that was cool. Um, Andrade Cien almost got a match last week, and he has been hasn't been on TV for a long time. So I thought that was cool. Um, Apollo. Yep. You know he was coming up. I'm I'm definitely digging it. I like what they did with the women's gauntlet. Yeah. You know, because I think, honestly, like... It was like almost they, an hour long. Yeah, they're on to something. Obviously, you know, like TLC, We I don't know if we alluded to it or not, but, you know, they the women closed out the TLC pay-per-view, and it was awesome. They killed it. They're on to something. So I love that Raw, like, what, four segments of a straight-up match, and I, yeah. lo- I, I, I liked it. I absolutely loved that Bow-shot. gauntlet match. Um, I was happy to see... Natalia win. I was happy to see her get her championship match the next week against Ronda Rousey. Yep. She didn't win, but I didn't expect her to. And honestly, I wouldn't really want her to on that kind of stage. Sure. I, th- I think if I think she deserves a title, but not right now. She don't need it. Ronda's holding it down, being the super badass right now. Yeah. And uh, every I, time Ronda's in the ring, too, man, she impresses me more and more. Yep. Each and every time. For sure, time. dude. Yep. Each and every time getting better and, and better. And it's like her wins are believable now, too. It's not just like I'm coming out here because I got UFC written on my forehead. Yep. You know, she made Natty tap. Yeah. After a shitload of reversals back and forth. Like that, I loved it. I thought it was great, man. So I really like the direction that they're heading. The other big announcement was that there is going to be women's tag team championships. Yep. They didn't announce if there's going to be two sets, like one Raw set and one SmackDown set. They've very much alluded to any details except for there is going to be women tag women's tag team titles 
which is cool, well-deserved. I think they need more women on the roster, so they made a good start to that by bringing up two women, yep. you know? And uh, I really like where they're headed with that. Speaking on that, if they had some kind of tournament and say mm-hmm. there's only one set of titles, so anybody could face anybody, who do you want to be the first women's tag team titles? I know we talked about it before, but for oh, the purposes I'm of this contest, uh, podcast. Sure. I want Nia Jackson Tamina to win. Yep. Straight up. Because I believe, you know, everyone who's in WWE is in WWE for a reason. And everyone wants to make a legacy. Now, it might not be the greatest, but I think Tamina, this would be great on her resume. Sure. You know, she's been in the company a long time. She came up with the Usos, like, back when they came up. Yep. You know, so that that's my answer right there. I, uh, for me... It's believable, too. Yep. For me, I want to... S- this is what I'm going to say, and I know it's not going to be a popular answer, but I think the Bellas should be the first tag team champions. I think uh, that it should be short and sweet. Maybe they win them, they're the first champions, and then they lose them a couple weeks later. Sure. Maybe to Tamina and Nia Jax yeah, or I think somebody, that. somebody believable like that. But uh, I think the Bellas being together, they've been together the longest. I think uh, they really solidified their role in WWE as a team, as the Bellas. Absolutely. And I think that having them as the first ever, you know, WWE tag team women's champions would really it'd be good. I don't yeah. do, I don't think that it's good for business, man. Yeah, I don't I'm with it. I don't think that they're the best wrestlers. I don't think that they're the right people for the job. If I had my choice and it wasn't, you know, a, a nostalgic sure. you know moment type thing, I would say Sonya and Mandy would be a great choice. Yep. A, a combination of two from the Riot Squad yeah. would be a good choice. Sarah Logan. Yeah, you know, some combination of those three. I'm with that too, man. But for me, yeah, that's first a, that, ever that, on paper, I think it should be Because the they've Bellas. been a team. Forever. Like, exactly. Forever. So I They're the Bellas. I, all right, man. You know, that, I, that's I think awesome. That, I, I think they should be the first. But I don't think they should have it for six months. I think it should be a quick thing. Bragging rights. They win in a tournament in some kind of shady way. They get called out on it two Twin weeks Magic. later and they lose it. You know what I mean? That that would be sure. cool for me. But on paper, they're the first ever. I think they deserve that. I'm not a huge fan of them, but I just think it's the right thing to do for business in general to have the Bellas be the first ever women's tag team champions. Um, after that, you know, we're really going to kick off into Royal Rumble season. So do you want to throw out a few, you know, Royal Rumble picks, uh, you know, who we think is going to win, maybe some surprise entrance? Kind of chit-chat about the Royal Rumble a little bit? I do, but I just want to backtrack just a little bit um, of what's been going on in, in Raw and SmackDown because I think we owe it to mention Rusev Day, baby. <laughs> Rusev Day. Yeah, man. Rusev won the United States Championship. So his his uh, little run from, you know, being maybe punished from cutting his hair two years ago. Yeah. It's finally things are looking up Rusev and he won it on his birthday. So I say he won that title on Rusev Day. Congratulations to Rusev, the new United States champion. Took down Nakamura. Uh, Nakamura has been kind of pushed to the back burner with that title. So let's get it on somebody who can possibly bring it back to the forefront. I know Rusev must have been excited. I mean, I saw on Instagram that Lana was excited. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, check it out. Oh, yeah. You know, it's all over there. And uh, super cool. Congratulations to Rusev. I dig him. I think he's a good wrestler. I think he's good on the stick. He's getting better every day, and he's always been good. So he's only 
vaulting himself to that main event status. Yep. And uh, yeah, nice to see the belt change hands every once in Absolutely. a while. Absolutely. So, <laughs> let's unpause it and go right back to some wrestling. Uh, yeah, well, we uh, technically WrestleMania. The road to WrestleMania starts at the Royal Rumble, brother. So, let's get into some Royal Rumble. Yeah, talk. man. Road to, road to WrestleMania starts right now because we're getting ready for the Royal Rumble. People are starting to declare that, you know, they're going to be in the Rumble. Drew McIntyre yep. was the first one, I believe. And uh, I'd like to see him win. That'd be tight. While we're talking about it, that's my pick to win right there. And I'll tell you why. All right. I think Drew McIntyre is getting a super heel push. And basically what I think is going to happen is at the Royal Rumble, Braun Strowman is going to win the title. And he's going to need a heel opponent at uh, WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I think Drew McIntyre is that perfect heel opponent for Braun Strowman right now. I think... Uh, that those two would have a great match. Drew McIntyre could bring something out of Braun that we haven't, you know, necessarily maybe seen, and he can sell the big moves and do all that kind of stuff that you want to see. You know, a, I don't want, you know, I say smaller guy, but Drew McIntyre is a monster in his own oh, right. Huge. But he's smaller than Braun, but he can sell the way he needs to for Braun's big moves. And I think that that's the direction that they're headed, and I love it. I think Drew McIntyre wins the Royal Rumble. Braun Strowman wins the strap at Royal Rumble, and those two, uh, you know, probably co-headline WrestleMania. All right, all right, I, I definitely dig that, but I'm, I guess I'm gonna go in the other direction. I think that Seth Rollins is gonna win the Royal Rumble. I just think it's his time to win that Royal Rumble. I mean, he's done so many other things in the company. They obviously like him, and I honestly think Brock, because I, I'm thinking. Not as a fan, honestly. Like, Brock's all about that money. You know he wants his WrestleMania paycheck. So Absolutely. he's going to go into WrestleMania as the monster. And, and I don't know if he's even going to win or lose, but he's going to fight Seth Rollins. That That's my pick for the men's Royal Rumble. Do you have any thoughts on the women's yep, Royal Rumble? Yep, I do. I think uh, that the, there's a very specific reason that Becky Lynch lost the title at uh, TLC. And I think it's so she can win the Royal Rumble and challenge uh, Ronda Rousey. I know that's the popular answer, and that's what most people are saying. But mm-hmm. I think that makes the most sense to me. I think that sells the most tickets. Yep. And I think that that is your other co-main event. I think it's uh, Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey for the Raw strap. Yep, I'm... I'm- right with you man i'm not disagreeing on that it makes sense it makes the most sense to me yeah and it dry every everything included you know the office tv fans tickets money everything yep makes sense to do becky lynch and charlotte at wrestlemania as a co-main event absolutely and i just can't wait obviously royal rumbles like probably my favorite pay-per-view of the year i mean wrestlemania has a special place but I'm excited this year because then we get to start to see what's going to happen from when we're there at WrestleMania. Yeah, <laughs> like man. what the the stage will be set, you know what I'm saying? We are going to start our own personal WPC Smash Road to WrestleMania and it starts at the Royal Rumble and it starts right now as we start to learn who's going to be in the Royal Rumble. Ooh, so yeah. I am super super excited because this Road to WrestleMania is going to mean more to me personally than probably any in the future or definitely any in the past. So I'm super excited. So we talked about who we think is going to win and why and, you know, where we're going to head into WrestleMania. But let's talk about probably the funnest part of the Royal Rumble, and that's, to me, surprise entrance. 
So I have two surprise entrants written down, and I'll uh, I'll lay those out there okay. and let you think about who you know you may think is uh, you know make us good surprise entrant. Sure. And for me, I think with the new direction of the company and that kind of thing that we're that the McMahon's talked about, I think we're gonna get some more stars from NXT. And two of them that I think should be in the Royal Rumble that are ready to make that jump to the main the main card are uh, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Gargano. Mm-hmm. I think he's done everything that needs to be done in NXT. He doesn't need to win the title right. or any of that stuff. He can play the Daniel Bryan role, especially now that Daniel Bryan's a heel. We're looking for that working man's, you know, baby face. Right. We need Johnny Wrestling in on the main roster to fill that role that Daniel Bryan left. Well, they have some explaining to do because he's playing the heel right now too. So That's true, but I think he'll drop that. I think he's going to drop right. that and come up. Sure. Because he's gone back and forth with the feud Okay. Yeah. that he's got going on with Champa, Like, he over the last six months to a year, he's had those moments where he's playing the heel mm-hmm. and then gone back to being the baby face. But he's Johnny Wrestling. He's not going to be able to wipe that away. And I think that he'll slide back into that baby face role. Nice. Maybe, you know, do something with Champa where he shakes his hand and tells him that, you know, he's the better man for now, but he'll come back at him someday in the future and kind of wrap that up. Nice. And uh, the other one who I think is ready to go and doesn't need to do anything else in the NXT is Velveteen Dream. I don't think Velveteen Dream needs a title. He has star written all over him. Anybody who watches wrestling knows that and will tell mm-hmm. you that. He doesn't need to stay down there and win the title and hold on to it for six months and then come up. He's ready to go right now. Velveteen Dream is the total package. He looks great. He wrestles great. And more importantly than that, he is oozing personality and charisma. (laughs) So I think Velveteen Dream coming into the Royal Rumble as a surprise entrant, definitely somebody near the end, uh, would blow the roof off of uh, the Royal Rumble. And so off the top of my head, you know, we could go on and on and on about, you know, surprise entrants. But just to keep it relevant and short, uh, those two guys, Johnny Wrestling and Velveteen Dream, I expect to be surprise entrants in the Royal Rumble. Awesome. So I'll uh, I'll see your call there, and I'll, I'll pick two names. So first off, I'm going to say Bray Wyatt. It's time. Ah, oh, good call. I know he's Didn't been making his appearances at the live shows or whatever, but I think it's time for some Bray Wyatt action. And uh, if I could pick a surprise from NXT, I think uh, Aleister Black. I think he's ready to come up too. Yeah, he, he was the champion. He you know did his rematches. He's ready. Yeah, that's how I feel. Those are great choices. I I wouldn't mind seeing all four of them, you know, be yeah. included in there. And I don't want to blow some people out of the out of the way, but I think there, you know, should be something else going on in the Royal Rumble. To get, maybe they do like a small tag team tournament to kind of, you know, fill out some of the the other guys who aren't going to make it into the the thirty man Royal Rumble. You know, I would. You know, speaking of tag teams, right now, why Hawkins and Ryder aren't a tag team blows me away. (laughs) Um, They're super hot on, you know, in the indie wrestling type world. And they're not wrestling there, but those kind of fans. Yeah. The smart marks, the smarks. The us's. Yeah. Huge Hawkins. (laughs) The listeners of their show. Huge Hawkins and Ryder fan right now. And uh, they're both not doing anything. So why not put them together and make them a tag team? And they could be a top tag team like that. I've actually even thought about this. I got a perfect tag team name for them, too. 
The Hasbros. The Hasbros. That is such a good right? one. Yeah. Tweet <laughs> that to him, dude. All right, man. Like I will. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm super excited for Royal Rumble. My favorite pay-per-view as well. I love me some WrestleMania. But Royal Rumble brings the most excitement to yeah, me. the countdown. We don't know what's going to happen. Right. At Royal Rumble, you know what the... I mean, at WrestleMania, you know what the matches are. At Royal Rumble, you have no idea what's going to happen, who's yep. going to come out. You don't know who's going to be wrestling who. So it's super exciting. And for me, like you said, like you said favorite pay-per-view of the year, and it's coming up, baby. Road to WrestleMania. Starring WPC Smash. Feature presentation. It's a groovy time for a movie time. So grab your gap and grab a seat. All right, let's get into the underdog movie of the pod. And I got to tell you, being Christmas time, we had to pick a Christmas movie. And Mm -hmm. for me, Favorite Christmas movie of all time. The first Christmas movie that pops into my head. And in fact, the first Christmas movie and last Christmas movie that I watch every holiday season is Christmas Vacation. So that's what I picked for the underdog movie. This is something that you would consider a cult classic. It's not a huge box office film. It's a National Lampoon movie. A vacation movie. Chevy Chase being the star. Um slapstick type comedy 80s style comedy with a lot of innuendos but nothing direct no real there's a little bit of bad language but nothing off the top it's not direct jokes very saturday night live-ish in the 70s and 80s and and how they made comedy movies back in the day if you're you know trading places and planes trains automobiles super funny but super um you know you got to catch it kind of funny, you know, to get all the jokes. You'll watch it a hundred times and you'll always see something that you miss. Something funny, something in the background. The way some, you know, a line was delivered that you never really caught what it meant before, but you got it that time. So for me, Christmas Vacation is the epitome of an underdog Christmas movie. Everybody wants to talk about Home Alone, which is a great movie, or their Christmas story. Elf. Yeah, for me... It's absolutely Christmas Vacation. I've watched this movie since I was growing up. Me and my dad would watch it every year. Now that I'm a dad and have kids, I watch it with my kids every year. And, you know, I turned my wife on to Christmas Vacation. She'd never seen it before. You know, Mm -hmm. we got together 12 years ago and we've watched it when we put up our Christmas decorations since, you know, 12 years ago. And we watch it on Christmas Eve every year as well. So... Basically, what goes on, if you watch any of the National Lampoon's Vacation movies, this is very similar, except it's not a vacation. He's staying home, and to staycation. Clark is inviting over the whole family for a giant Christmas, and everybody stays at the Griswold's house. Lots of shenanigans, <laughs> like cutting down his own tree but forgetting the saw, cutting down a tree that's too big for the house, um, just... Tons of stuff, hanging up the Christmas lights, things that you can relate to. You spend all your time doing your Christmas lights, and then you plug them in, and they don't work. And things that really hit home, they do them on an extreme level in Christmas Vacation. Yeah, but everyone can relate. I think that's the beauty of it. That's what makes it so funny to me. Turkey's too dry. Yeah, (laughs) turkey's too dry. (laughs) Pounding down the eggnog and getting a little tipsy. Yep. 
cats eat drink and dogs drinking the water out of the tree. <laughs> Cat gets electrocuted. That might be a little over the top, but yeah. just animals messing with your tree. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody who has animals understands that. I put my Christmas tree on my three season porch where the animals can't get at it just yep. for those specific reasons. And, um, Basically, you know, it starts with Christmas shopping and all kinds of things going along the whole process of Christmas all the way up until Christmas Eve where he finally has a meltdown. You know, Clark being him has a meltdown in front of the whole family and they have their come to Jesus moment where everybody, you know, feels good about Christmas. And he stares up at the sky at the end with, uh, you know, a Santa flaming flying through the air. that just blew off of the ground because of a big explosion with a gas pipe. And he looks up and he says, I did it. (laughs) And that's how I feel after every Christmas, like sitting down after everything's all done, take that deep breath. I did it. And man, I love me some Christmas vacation. In my opinion, perfect underdog movie. And uh, yeah, man, I'll give you the hot tag so you can tell people why you dig this movie as well. All right. I mean, for mainly like like a lot of the things you said, it's very, very relatable. Like you got to talk to that cousin you don't really want to talk to. And it's yeah, like cousin Eddie. Yeah, yeah. People on your nerves, whatever you got. The people coming over who are just complaining. But uh, I got a little bit of a nerdiness of a background to talk about the movie real quick. So um this movie was based off John Hughes, the director's short story for National Lampoon magazine, if you didn't know that. I didn't. And then, um, and I know you said it wasn't like great at the box office, but it kind of was great at the box office, but the only thing that made it not great is it went up against Back to the Future 2. Ah, uh, They yeah. came out at the same time, so that's, it's that's like... That's tough. Yeah. You got to pick your moments <clears throat> when you're going to drop these movies in the theaters. And then something, uh, I don't know if you may or may not have known aunt bethany the really really older woman yep she was the original voice for betty boop oh no i didn't know that yeah that's so, cool and that was like her last movie she like ever did jessica would really dig that because she's a big betty boop fan it oh, was a nice. cartoon she used to watch when she was a kid so that's why yeah that's... she's she's like credited also like um she did the betty boop voice in roger rabbit ah, you know right. and i mean uh, if you've watched the movie you know that there's something a little strange with the um with the Griswold children, yeah, you know the little casting change, but you know you got Johnny Galecki in there, Mister Big Bang Theory. Yep, he, you know, he he's playing the son, and Juliette Lewis is playing the daughter. Yep, Audrey, and yeah. that's my daughter's name, so that's super cool. Like yep. that's a little inside thing, like absolutely. But again, I I crack up at this movie every year. Yeah, you know. Um, and the older you get, to like more things get funnier to oh, you. Oh, for like, sure. Oh, like, now I get that. Oh, you the, know? the one that I love is when his neighbors are like, oh, that's such a big tree. Where are you going to put it? And then the, 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 the comedic timing is what makes the movie. Chevy to Chase me. is no Chevy for that. Chase, like, oh, why don't you bend over and I'll show you. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. the little things like that. And the Jason you got mask a lot of nerve and... talking to me like that. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, wife. dude. Yeah. So. Those are the reasons I like it. The comedic timing, um, and it's just so relatable, like I said. And straight up, that is perfect underdog because I think deep down everyone wants to have that perfect Christmas. You and know, it's especially impossible. especially if you're hosting. Yeah. And that's what this movie's all about. Like it, it, at the end of the day, you come through. Absolutely, man. So Smashers out there, if you're looking for a great Christmas movie to finish off your holidays and you haven't seen Christmas Vacation, I got to tell you, man, you are missing out. Check out National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation starring Chevy Chase. And while you're at it, all the other vacation movies are great as well. So absolutely perfect underdog movie of the pod.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. time for the main event the wpc smash main event where we go over classic wrestling matches of all time if you made it this far through the podcast you've been waiting for the main event it's our meat and potatoes and one of the my favorite part to do in the podcast each and every week is to analyze these old matches some classics you know some maybe not so classic to everybody, but classic to us. Yeah, like these, these are matches that mean things to us. Somehow it revolutionized the business or revolutionized a wrestler in the business. And this week is no different. We chose Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio at Halloween Havoc 1997. And now I know mm-hmm. you alluded mm-hmm. to in the last podcast that this is Rey Mysterio in the purple outfit. Yeah. That's probably the most notable thing that people remember about this match. Because one of the big spots in the match, you see a lot of time in packages, especially if they're talking about Eddie Guerrero or Rey Mysterio. But you notice the full body outfit with the purple, and uh, the it's, a, it's a super notable outfit that Rey Mysterio wore. Mm-hmm. This match was for the Cruiserweight Championship versus The Mask. So Eddie Guerrero's coming in, he's wearing the Cruiserweight Championship. And these two are fighting, you know, if Rey Mysterio wins, he gets the title. And if Eddie Guerrero wins, he gets to take Rey Mysterio's mask. So a lot on the line in this match. It wasn't the main event. It wasn't the first card. Uh, first match on the card, but I got to tell you, man, it stole the show. Absolutely. And that's why we chose it as a WPC Smash main event. So right off the bat, we have a four-man announcing crew for this match, which yeah. is super weird, especially for WCW. It's funny. I, I noted that, too. <laughs> we had Mike Tanay, Tony Schiavone, Bobby Heenan, and Dusty Rhodes all on the mics for this match. Yep. They fumbled over each other a little bit, I noticed, mm-hmm. which is why a four-man booth is not, you know favored among announcers and stuff like that but nonetheless those are who we had announced in the match mike today doing all the analysis the history right. stuff like that tony shivani calling the match yeah, the, play the move. By play. yep play by play bobby heenan and dusty giving that color yep for that throughout the match and i believe mike today was only doing certain matches really in in, in this pay-per-view and because at the end of this match, they actually say, like, you can hear more Mike Tanay tomorrow on Nitro. Yep. And then I think he also did the main event of that pay-per-view. But Mike Tanay is kind of known for knowing all the analytics, all the history Absolutely. of the wrestlers and stuff like that. If you've ever listened to him when he makes appearances on the Taz Show podcast or anything like that, super, super knowledgeable guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the voice of TNA, in my you know, opinion, I, I dig him. for the longest time, huge Mike Tanay fan. Yep. Yeah. And it's actually funny that you say that, how knowledgeable he is. I, I don't know if you got this note, but Bobby Heenan's like, is there anything you don't know, Mike? Yeah. <laughs> like, I know, he I noticed that. He just straight up said it. Yeah. I because love it. Mike Tanay seems to know everything, and, and I really like having him involved 
in this match. I didn't remember him being part of the crew, the mm-hmm. announcing crew in this match. So it was really good to hear him again. The professor. Absolutely. He's got that name for a reason. So Rey Mysterio makes his entrance first. He's clearly the baby face. He gets the baby face pop. Like you said, he's wearing the purple phantom outfit. Mm-hmm. Rey Mysterio fans know that for big pay-per-views, Rey Mysterio usually wears a new outfit, and it's usually involved with some sort of comic book hero. Yep. And this this time was no different. He was the Phantom. And it was a little bit different of a ring attire because it was like a full body suit yep. connected to the mask and everything. Uh, I thought it was cool that he came out with, uh, you know, one of the masks uh, hanging around his neck like they would sell at the merch stand. Yep. Gave it to a kid, uh, you know, like Bret Hart would give the sunglasses and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool. Probably made that kid's day. Something he's never going to forget. Eddie Guerrero came out second, and he's clearly the heel. He's got that shitty look on his face. He's where, disgusted with it, with yeah. everything, everyone around him. Yep, looking around, don't touch me, uh, being the big man, that's mm-hmm. for sure. And he is the big man in this match. Eddie Guerrero, maybe not known for his size, but when he's with uh, Rey Mysterio in the ring... I mean, he's bigger, he's larger, he's thicker, yeah. he's more muscular, he's the big man. He's, he's ripped taller. in his match, too, for sure. He's huge, yep. So, Eddie Guerrero, the super heel coming out. The match starts extremely fast. Um, back and forth, you know, they do the standard uh, back and forth, drop down, you know, up and over, hip toss type way to start the match. And uh, we basically get uh, Mysterio doing a sp- a springboard moonsault into an arm drag, and that was the first big spot of the match. It was I like thought. a wake up, everybody. Yep. Springboard moonsault into an arm drag isn't something that you saw on WCW too often or on WWF for many years. Mm-hmm. So seeing that right off the bat was like, oh man, like it's about to be on, you know? Yep. Um, right after that, Mysterio uh, front flips through the ropes and lands on the apron. So he kind of like rolls over the yeah, ropes yeah. in a front flip. Lands on the apron, and uh, Eddie pulls his feet out, and he does a big back. Like a flat back. Yeah, big flat back onto the floor. It looked rough. It looked rough for sure. Absolutely, and it was a very much established Eddie, you know, being the heel. If you didn't know by the way the crowd was reacting, you Mm -hmm. knew now. That's a cheap heel maneuver to really pull somebody's feet out from underneath them and bring them, you know, whatever it is, four or five feet flat back onto the ground. That'll take the wind out of you. I don't care who you are. I love that spot. The crowd is super amped. And, uh, man, at this point, I'm watching this match. I'm like, I miss, like, the Attitude Era, the Monday Night Wars. The crowd is just, like, part of it. They made it. You you remember all the signs flooded everywhere. And there weren't so much, like, because we didn't get a lot of crowd shots because they didn't want to come off of, you know, Ray and Eddie too much. But you know that there were signs everywhere. Oh, yeah. Jason is gay for life. (laughs) I saw that one and laughed. I'm a a dude who checks out the signs. Uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah, for sure. I love it. And one thing I was thinking when uh, Ray took that bump, you know, looking at their careers now, we all know the paths they went and achieve greatness but i was like man they're young and they're starving like they're throwing it all out there like that move i'd say it's rough it was rough man they they walked (laughs) out there ready to steal the show and in fact in my opinion they did um eddie and mysterio get back in the ring and mysterio hits a beautiful drop kick not a move that i like i really associate with ray mysterio but surely he can throw one because he did and it was phenomenal 
Uh, Mysterio uh, does a cartwheel, and Eddie catches Mysterio and gives him a fast belly-to-back suplex. Everything's fast. It's smooth. They're shifting from move to move. And um, there's not a lot of selling at this point in the match, but it's okay for me at this point. I'm mm-hmm. not really – it's early in the match. Yeah. The guys aren't really beat up and hurt yet. Uh, so I don't mind the the back and forth quick, you know, getting back up, doing another move. They didn't really get to the point where they were selling until a little bit more later in the match. But some people would complain about that, but I dug it, man. I yeah. thought there was – there was nothing wrong up until this point. Well, that thought crossed my mind in both directions, but I'll get to it more when, when it actually happens in the match, and I'll bring it up. Sure. For um, sure. Right after that, uh, Eddie nails an awesome tilt-the-world backbreaker. Yes, he does. That was always one of my favorite moves. It was a move that I used to like to do on the trampoline when we're doing our backyard wrestling and yep. stuff like that. You could pop them up real easy on a trampoline and do a sweet tilt-the-world. I thought it looked cool. It looked sweet. And look painful. Everything about it. One of my favorite moves all the time. Tilt the world anything, I think is awesome. Yep. Um Eddie hits his pump handle backbreaker. That was sick too. Do you and see anybody else do that? No. Why is that not somebody's finisher today? Right. Because wouldn't that be like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, That's absolutely. a showstopper. Right I, and there. I thought every maneuver, whether it was Ray doing it or Eddie doing it, like they all looked I don't know how to put it, like, more devastating yep. than normal. It very much uh, reminded me of Brett the Hitman Hart. Mm-hmm. Everything Brett did looked super real. When he punched you, it looked like he was drilling you in the face. Yep. When he threw you into the corner, the sound that the corner made when he hit it or you hit it was beyond what anybody else could right. do. And it, it felt stiff and real and crisp and, and he did a great backbreaker too yeah Bret Hart. absolutely man so i like that man the pump handle backbreaker uh fantastic move like i said you don't ever see it that should be somebody's finisher if you're an independent wrestler out there or by all means a real wrestler and you're listening to our podcast you know you should look into the pump handle backbreaker yeah. as your finisher because that's a move that's really going to steal the show um at this point mysterio does start to sell and uh, so he's in the middle of the ring. He's holding his lower back, really looking hurt and stuff like that. And Eddie goes for a couple pins, and he really highlights uh, his power and weight advantage. He's not just doing the normal lay over the guy and, and hook the off leg type pin. Right. He's holding Ray by the hands and trying to press his shoulders down to the mat. And I thought that that really showcased you know, that Eddie was the bigger man. He was stronger, more powerful, bigger. Perfect yep. for what they were trying to show in the match. Um, Eddie sucks chants start going really loud yeah. in the arena at this point. The whole crowd's going nuts. They realize that they're seeing something that they don't normally see yep. and that they're probably not going to see for the rest of the pay-per-view. I feel bad for the guys who have to go on after him at this point because <laughs> you know five minutes into the match, they're already stealing the show. Um, so at this point, Mysterio powers up and we get uh, probably the most famous spot in the match. Is where uh, Mysterio, holding hands with Eddie, jumps to the second rope, and he does like a moonsault DDT. And not like, it is. It's a moonsault DDT, and it is the smoothest moonsault DDT that you will ever see anybody do. And there's people out there who do them um, with like a reverse DDT and stuff like that. Yep, AJ most notably. Yep. Some guys on the indies uh, do a move like that, but this is the smoothest you'll ever see it. 
and that's so quick too is fast and that's the move that you get in highlight packages mm-hmm. you know so often when they're highlighting either eddie or ray i had to rewind it a couple times like it was fast yeah and you you know it's something that you love to see and, and everybody out there has seen but to really watch it in the context of the match it was great to me um crisp pristine uh pristine and it really, in my opinion, like highlighted the chemistry that these two guys have, mm-hmm. because you can't just pull off a move that smooth with just anybody. Right, you got to really have chemistry with them. Um, Mysterio and Eddie take turns drop kicking each other to the outside, <laughs> climbing back in. The other guy, you know, does the drop kick, and Mysterio rolls out this time. I thought that was cool. Eddie puts Mysterio in a camel clutch. And he rips at the yes. eye hole of the match and uh, the mask and really rips it wide open. So you could like, you know, see a good portion of Ray's face, which yep. is something we hadn't ever seen at this point. His mask really covers everything except for his like lower jaw. Yep. So seeing, you know, his eye and three inches around it on all sides was the most we'd ever seen of Rey Mysterio at this point. And when I saw that happen, I honestly thought that recently on SmackDown, that's what um, Randy Orton's been doing to Rey Mysterio. And I was just like, yep. Maybe that's homage. I don't know, but that's sweet. Going back to the well. If it works once, it'll work again. Yep. And it's been so long that, you know, it, it was really a, a good time just to ripping it. go back to it. It was super cool. Um, as we know, like, Luchador's masks are a huge deal in wrestling culture and tradition. So him doing that was a super heelish move and really established him as like a very, very hateable, disrespectful heel. Um, Eddie gets Mysterio up in the gory special, which is, uh, you know, a submission that his dad used to do back in, uh, you know, Mexico and stuff like that. Um, Really cool, like on the shoulder surfboard type move. Not something that you see too often. But I love to see it just then. Um, there's These two guys are really changing the game at this point in the match. And if you don't realize it when you get to this point in the match, you really need to step back and and take in that what we've seen so far was not like any other wrestling match we'd seen before. The chemistry, I mean, we've seen fast luchador matches, mm-hmm. but the chemistry that these two have, the heel versus baby face, good guy versus bad guy, uh, Mysterio and Eddie are changing the game as we're watching. If you watch it live, you were watching wrestling change because that became what people wanted to see. And that's still what people want to see. Yeah, absolutely. High spots, fast wrestling. No longer can you go down and, and do a rest spot with a headlock in the middle of the ring. Mm-hmm. And you know, some wrestlers can pull it off and there's its place. But I think the average wrestling fan wants to see this kind of wrestling and this is the first time i remember it being on a main pay-per-view stage absolutely and what i liked about this part too when you said the the gory special they started getting more into the um the history of the guerrero and the mysterio family because they come from a long lineage but especially mike today as you were saying it, it just goes as like the total package of the match so not only was the match you know edge of your seat awesome but the announcing was telling the story. So they were telling you how, like, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Eddie's dad had a tag team partner and everyone always loved his tag team partner over him. Mm-hmm. And he stepped out of the shadow. And now Eddie is stepping out of the shadow of living up to his dad's reputation. And then Rey Mysterio had to earn 
his name and his mask and everything. So, like, not only are we just getting a heel face title versus mask, but you're getting invested now because you're like, wow, this is why the match is so aggressive because they both know what's on the line more than just a mask in a title. Like, their reputation, their family, like, I, I, I just I bought in, you know? Yeah, Mike Tanay gave us all that information, which makes him such a great announcer like we already kind of went yep. over. And I thought that that in-depth analysis like you just said really helped me get invested in it as well and kind of gave me some information that i had heard before but it was mm-hmm. nice to hear it again yeah. and I have it be reiterated how mysterio when he first got into wrestling he wasn't allowed to be ray mysterio yep. until his father ray mysterio senior his uh, uncle yeah his uncle sorry gotcha. um Gave him the mask and said, you know, now you're allowed to use the Mysterio name. Yeah, I'd rather much be uh, Ray Mysterio rather than the Hummingbird. Yeah, that, that was the, <laughs> the translation of his original wrestling name. Yep. It, you know, so much family lineage involved in this match. And we are getting a killer, killer wrestling clinic. Mysterio... Um, rolls off the shoulders while he's in the gory special and turns it into an arm drag. Yep. Thought that was a sweet, you know, luchador-esque move that looks smooth. Again, everything about this match <laughs> is smooth. Yeah. And that's why it's such a classic and why we chose it as a main event. Eddie quickly uh, shuts him down with a shoulder breaker. The back breakers, the shoulder breakers, the power of Eddie Guerrero yep. really being put on display. Love it. Eddie's amazing. He's stiff. Again, we could say this word over and over in this segment smooth absolutely both of these men are so smooth and the fact that they're together like if there's a you know and and another word for smoothiest (laughs) the the smoothest (laughs) you know like these guys are it like if they if there's creamy (laughs) like i don't even know dude you know what i mean like they are melty it's so smooth it's melting like butter (laughs) yeah dude that's good Uh, (laughs) i don't even know man i I hear you but you know what i mean yeah if you're watching it you know what we mean and i like that eddie's also working the crowd too like he hears the you suck chant so like they allude to it he he looks at him you know jacks his jaw off a little bit while while he's punishing down ray mysterio absolutely finally eddie misses a low drop kick in the corner while mysterio's uh hanging in the tree of of woe And uh, Mysterio climbs up, gets onto the top turnbuckle, and uh, does a crossbody over the post, which is something that that we don't see all the time. People jump to the side of the post, they jump back into the ring, but people don't normally jump clear over the post to the outside. And as quick as he did, too. Yeah. Like, blink and you miss it. That's like the tagline of this match. Like, blink and you're going to miss it. Absolutely, man. I loved that spot. Mysterio and Eddie get back into the ring, and uh, Eddie gives a big turnbuckle hit like bret hart s like we talked about earlier the sound that uh the turnbuckle made when mysterio hit it very much bret hart i love sound in wrestling you know Mm -hmm. that extra aspect it's visual but you need to be able to hear what's going on as well and that really sells pain to me yep hearing those kind of things and i loved that i mean something as simple as that i had to write a note about the sound that the that mysterio's body made when it hit the you know the turnbuckles um they uh mysterio does a standing hurricane rana into a pin for a two count and i think this is the first time that mysterio really got a chance to pin eddie yeah so i thought that that was pretty cool absolutely and and you could see like even though it was the first time mysterio was squeezing down so hard and they alluded to it he can't just cover 
Eddie like a normal um you know lay down hook the leg like you said earlier because Ray is so small so he has to get creative so he does that hurricane rana into like the leg lock yep type pin yeah but it doesn't his work whole, putting it, his whole body on right him. um another beautiful example of these guys being you know so cohesive together it's such an excellent you know duo of wrestlers revolutionary match and i know i've said it before but you're the more you watch you realize that was the first time that this happened that was yeah. the first time that this happened this was revolutionary. That was revolutionary. This was smooth. That was smooth. This yep. looked good. That looked good. The perfect, you know, situation for a main event is to give us too much to talk about that we can't even <laughs> cover it all and yeah. you have to watch it yourself. Yep. And, uh, you know, Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero at Halloween Havoc 1997 is the perfect example of that. Um, so Eddie and Mysterio get into the ring and Mysterio hits a... Uh, a variant of like a dragon flip off the top rope onto Eddie. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it looked like a dragon flip, but he like spun a different way. So it looks super cool to me. You know, it's something that, uh, you know, Jeff Hardy does all the yeah, time. Yeah, it was like a whisper in the wind, but. With a different flip. It was weird, but it looked yeah. cool. I, I even rewinded it and watched it again. And I, the only thing that I could note about it was that it was a, a variant of a dragon flip. Yep. And uh, I don't see anybody else do it like that. So I, I love that spot in the match. Mysterio uh, then tries to do like a springboard split leg moonsault, but Eddie gets his knees up. Yeah. Yeah. Looks good. Uh, Mysterio takes it right in the gut. He doesn't put his feet down or anything like that to, you know, soften the blow. He just really takes it like a man. And I love that when I'm watching my wrestling. And uh, at this point, Eddie takes over and. Uh, does a super stiff, strong, loud power bomb yes. to Rey Mysterio. That's my favorite move of the match. Is it? It's, yes. And it's a power bomb. Yeah, like I said, but that's what my sells favorite it for move. You? Oh, the velocity. Yeah. And like just how stiff it was the and how torque he, when he's bringing him yes. down. But um, this is where I wanted to talk about the selling. Yep. Because it seems like like yeah, he just nailed him with that huge power bomb. But the match is winding down at this point. Sure. And it seems like, dude, after that power bomb, he could have rolled out of the ring and been been out of it for a little bit longer than what it seemed when sure. you're actually watching the match. Because that power bomb was huge. And I think that these guys were limited on time, so they're trying to get in everything yeah. that they could with what they had. Being the third or fourth match in the show, whatever it was, that's your you know ten to thirteen minute yeah. match range. So they didn't have a ton of time to sell and steal the show at the same time. So they kind of had to pick and choose one or the other. But I thought that, you know, Rey Mysterio's face, you know, what little bit of the his mouth that you can see kind of sold that he was in pain for the one or two seconds that he would do it. Yeah. when he's I, And also, he, he climbed to the uh, – crawl to the ropes yep. and, and pick himself up. But then the camera would pick up his, like, grunting, if you will. Like, yep. he's exhausted. Absolutely. For sure. So that's some good selling with – with that, because with a mask, even though it's ripped, it's still hard. So he went to the well and used sound. Yep, so absolutely. Like that, that's that's good. I thought it was great, man. Um, I had a note that Eddie really reminds me of like an aerial Bret Hart, and I don't yeah. think I'd ever realized it until right then watching this match this time for the main event. I've seen this match before. I've seen a lot of Eddie Guerrero before, uh, but – in my opinion, he had all the qualities that I liked about Bret Hart. He was just more an aerial version. Yeah. And that's a pretty high honor to Absolutely. say something like that. So 
to be honest, after watching this, I'm going to go back and watch more Eddie Guerrero. Absolutely. You know, from this time and, and just more in general. I'm going to type in the search bar on the WWE Network, Eddie Guerrero, and see what I can find that I don't remember. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Bret Hart being one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, because of the way he wrestled, if I can see somebody else do it like that, that style that I like, but maybe with a little more high-flying action, man, I'm jumping all over that. So... That's what I'm gonna do. So don't don't be you know surprised <laughs> if you see a little more Eddie Guerrero in the main event down the road. Um, okay, so after the big power bomb, Eddie and Mysterio uh, they battle around on the top rope, going back and forth, climbing up, climbing down. Um, you know, Eddie knocks out his feet, so he kind of gets nutted on the top turnbuckle <laughs> type deal. I don't know how else to really subscribe <laughs> describe it, but that's what happens. And um, they go back and forth, and Eddie eventually gets Mysterio up into uh, a razor's edge, like uh, move. Yeah, and he's Eddie's standing on the second rope. A cross power bomb. Sure. Um, Mike Awesome used it, you know, the Awesome Bomb. But yep. he's got him up in that position with him up over his head. If you're watching, you can see it, and that's uh, you basically think you're going to see either a huge razor's edge or a huge, you know. Uh, awesome bomb yep at this point and basically what happens is as he throws him up to you know come down with him in some one of those type of moves in midair mysterio reverses into a hurricane rana and he brings it into a pin almost just before they hit the mat super smooth it looks great so we get a hurricane rana into a pin off the second rope and all that is a reversal out of the razor's edge. So if you can compute all of that, it was phenomenal. Perfect way to uh, hold Eddie Guerrero down for the one, two, three, and become the new cruiserweight champion, Rey Mysterio. Uh, I loved the ending to this match. It wasn't at all what I expected. I yep, expected, exactly like we talked about, to either see an awesome bomb or a huge, you know, top rope razor's edge for yep. the win. But for Mysterio to reverse it in midair, come down in the pin and get the one, two, three, totally blew me away, man. Absolutely. And that, I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking. And I know we're beating some dead horses here, but it was smooth and it was quick. Yep. That's what this whole match was about because they had such chemistry together it was almost a flawless match. I, I agree. I, I, I couldn't find anything wrong with it. I know we talked a little bit about selling, but that's a time issue. Yeah, if yeah, they yeah, had yeah. an extra five minutes, they could have sold all day. Mm-hmm. And we would have been like, oh, this is the perfect match. Right. You know what I mean? So that's, It's a perfect luchador match. Match. It's a perfect luchador introduction match. You want to show someone like some high-flying action? Like Maybe they're like, hey, man, I heard about Ricochet and Will Ospreay. Like, hold on. Hold the phones and let's kick it back to 97 because this is the match you got to see. Or even if somebody was like a big like Bret Hart fan and they're like, I like the way Bret Hart wrestles. Well, watch Eddie Guerrero wrestle. Yeah. And it's a different style, but it's the same at -hmm. the same time. So I loved it. Rey Mysterio, new Cruiserweight champion. He gets to keep his mask. Both men get a standing ovation. And uh, in my opinion, I think this match changed wrestling for a lot of people, and it really stole the show at uh, Halloween Havoc 1997. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's on the WWE Network. You've seen the highlight packages from this match whenever they show something from Eddie Guerrero or Rey Mysterio on WWE or in WCW after this match had occurred. So 
This is a WPC Smash main event. Check it out. And if you have anything that you want to give us in the future, something you want to see us talk about, a meat and potatoes match for you, give it to us. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit Mike up on Instagram. Communicate with us. We like that. Let us know what you thought about this match. Let us know what you're looking for in the future. And, Mike, let the Smashers know what you're going to talk about next week. Absolutely. We're going to take it back to the golden age of wrestling. I'm going back to February 5th, 1988, on a show called The Main Event, WWF. Oh, this is the golden age. That's yep. old school. And it's going to be Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. So the rematch from WrestleMania 3. Oh, and I know that this match has a twist. And I don't think we should spoil it nope. right now. But you need to go check this match out. You can find it on the WWE Network. And there is a big surprise in this match that is really going to blow the wrestling world up. Absolutely. And it's on the network in its full entirety. Because I'll even give you an already heads up tidbit from Mike Moran. The mat- One of the matches was cut short for time. And you never got to see it on NBC. But it's there on the network. Awesome, awesome. Perfect main event. So just one more time. Yep. It's called The Main Event from February 5th, 1988. And the match we're going to do is Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. Awesome. Mike Moran, the Schwab of wrestling. I have for you the Brain Buster. Bring it. As everybody knows, I am going to ask you a Brain Buster of a question, and you are going to try to kick out. Mike Moran, are you ready? Hold on. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) I'm glad you, like, got yourself together. Perfect, dude. All right, so sticking with the main event as we usually do, Eddie Guerrero... Co-main evented his first WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. Now, this wasn't his first WrestleMania, but this is the first WrestleMania where he wrestled for the WWE Championship. Who was his opponent, and what WrestleMania was it? Okay. It was WrestleMania 20. Correct. And his opponent was... Man... I know he won too. I know so many facts except he who did. his opponent was. Because he walked in, he he walked in as the champ. He's one of the only guys to walk in as the champ and win the and keep his title. All right, hold on. WrestleMania twenty. And it's a co-main event. Yeah, I know what the main event main event was. Yeah. And that was Chris Benoit, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels for the. Heavyweight yep. championship, with, the big gold. Which Chris Benoit won. Yep, and that was, uh, you know, a big moment. You know, he, I don't want to say he cried, but he squirted some and gave us a Shawn Michaels moment, and that yeah. was a big deal because yeah. nobody expected it. A huge swerve as you might say. Oh, I know. All right, buddy, lay it out there. You ran out of time anyway. Put it down. 
Kurt Angle. It was. And he, and he loosened his boot to get out of the uh, the, ankle the ankle lock. lock. Yep, absolutely, man. So uh, Eddie Guerrero competed in his first main event for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania, and it was against Kurt Angle. It was WrestleMania 20. Another kick out. I'm gonna last week our last pod you kicked out on one. I'm gonna call that a two and a half. Yeah, I'm no gonna problem. call that you rolled your shoulder. I take just it. I at take the it. It there. took me a minute. A kick out's a kick out, I brother. To, I had to do some thinking. In the record books, it doesn't say whether you kicked out on one or you kicked out on yep. two and a half, brother. So congratulations. Hell of a you know brain buster. I honestly I said before we started that I thought this one was a little easy for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you struggled with it a little a little bit and uh, that we went back and forth. But yeah. the Schwab kicks out again on the brain buster. Well, it's because I know the ending. Because I knew like the ending to WrestleMania 20. I watched WrestleMania. Obviously watched it. I knew it was in New York, but I knew it was Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit standing there crying together. With all the confetti coming down, but I'm like, crap. Like I know Eddie won, and like I said, I know, I I know he beat Brock Lesnar at the No Way Out pay per view, and is a big deal. But I'm like, who? That was too obvious. I can't give you that. Well, then in my head, I'm like, he didn't fight Brock Lesnar for the title because Brock fought Goldberg. Like I had to really put the card together in my head. Like, okay, hey, you did, man, and you gave us the finish. So you know, pulled (laughs) pulled his boot up. That's what I remember him having his boot in, in his hand at the end. I'm like, oh yeah, it was angle. Yep, for sure. Congratulations, man. The Schwab kicks out again. Um, Hell of a podcast. I think that we've basically nailed everything that we needed to do. We know what the main event is for the next pod. I know we have a little contest going on, so I'll let you lay that out there, and then we'll leave the people with the two sweet. I sure do, man. And if you've been following us on Twitter, you've noticed I've been sending out some packages. Inside those packages are some koozies. And hey, if you're a listener and you got one of the koozies already, send us some pictures. Tweet us at WPC Smash or hit me up on Facebook, whatever you want. I'd love to see everyone enjoying their New Year's with their sweet WPC Smash koozies. Yeah, I was going to say, they're not just any koozies. These are official WPC Smash koozies. The koozie of the Smasher. Absolutely. I haven't used any other koozie since we got these and i gotta tell you my beers have been cold as ever cold going ice (laughs) and if you want to get your own koozie all we're asking you to do take five minutes out of your day go to itunes apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it just hit us up with a five-star review leave us some comments we'd love to hear from you send me a screenshot we'll get to talking i'll send you out a koozie it's that simple man yep Period. Hit us up on Twitter. Show us that you've, you know, given us the five star review on whichever platform you're listening on, and we will kick a koozie your way. And uh, at no charge to the Smashers, this is what we want to do for our community to build the wrestling community, to build the retro gaming community, and to build the WPC Smash community. And above all, I just want to personally say thanks for a great 2018. This year has been awesome. The show, I believe, Ian, I'm thanking you too, man. The show's getting better and better as we go. I have so much fun doing it, and I'm looking forward to a great 2019. We know it's going to be awesome with WrestleMania. But, again, thanks for a great 2018. I hope everyone has a safe and happy new year. Celebrate accordingly, but be safe about it, man. Don't be too cool to ask for a designated driver. That's for sure. Absolutely. And enjoy yourself. Watch some wrestling. Play some video games. And I'll be talking to you soon. Give your friends a two. Sweet. Two.
You can find us on Twitter at WPC Smash. Or on our website, WPCSmash.wordpress.com, where you can find current and past episodes, a donation button, and links for iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, brother.